Welcome to this episode of Aging Fearlessly. We will be discussing stepping out of your comfort zone, career and life changes. So stay tuned. Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. My guest today is Angela Lucente, and she gives 100% to all she does. Change is often seen as a barrier to moving forward, especially when it comes to career choice or path. Better the devil you know attitude that taking the plunge into unknown territory, it can be a good thing. My guest, Angela Lucente, never shies away from making changes. Angela is a doer. She has bravely stepped out of her comfort zone time and time again. She is never afraid to pivot if she realises the path she has taken is not aligned with her goals, her morals and her values. So let's find out more about Angela. Welcome, Angela, to the Aging Fearlessly podcast. Well, hello, Karen. It is great to be here and I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. Well, we've known each other a long time and I've followed everything that you're doing over those years. Um, it's probably going back now nearly 20 years. So many people look up to you, Angela, as a strong, independent woman, a businesswoman who knows her own mind. Can you share a brief history of your working career up until you reached your early 40s? So it hasn't always been that way, Karen. Um, I have to say that um, I have... Uh... I haven't always had the courage to step outside of my comfort zone. I guess a, a young woman in her 20s who was working crazy hours in the fashion industry here in Melbourne, I was vying for every promotion. I was traveling around Australia. I was doing very long hours and um, it was a, a career that I was really passionate about. Um, but it wasn't until my late 20s when I, I, was, I got married and then uh, started to think about having children that I really started to wonder, you know, how my career as a woman would really, I guess, how, how it would work once I had to worry about family and children. And so I was eight months pregnant with my first child. And I was that, my husband described me as that crazy pregnant woman. I came home from work about a couple of weeks before I was going on maternity leave and said, nope, I cannot do this. I cannot go back to the grind of working nine till seven every day um, and being responsible for so much that really, in the end, all I was getting was a great salary. And mm. there had to be more to life than just a great salary, right? I think there's a lot of women out there that have probably been through exactly the same thing, but some of them not quite brave enough to do what you're going to tell us about. Yeah, well, you know, for me, when if I was just making a decision on money, sure, <clears throat> the ideal scenario would be to go on maternity leave and go back and work for my boss and um, continue that same path. Um, and I knew it well. It came very naturally to me and I was very passionate about my job. But 
at that stage of my life, I mean, I was eight months pregnant. I knew what was ahead for me and I knew what kind of mother I wanted to be. So I went home and said to my husband, I need to find another way. And lo and behold, as soon as I said those words, an opportunity arose for me to actually open my own fashion boutique. And uh, the idea just um, ran away from me. Like it really started to um, come to fruition in my mind. I started to imagine myself being the owner of a business, being able to um, have that flexibility, have staff that I could work with and rely on. And then at the same time, have the time to be the mother I wanted to be and to be home for my children. So I actually opened my first fashion boutique in Melbourne four weeks before I gave birth to my first child. And it was a crazy time. I remember being in the store at the uh, at the top of a ladder um, with my big pregnant belly and my husband saying, you need to come down from there. You are, you are really asking for trouble now. <laughs> so how long after you had your baby did you start your own boutique? Well, I actually started this. Uh, I opened the store before um, my first son was born. Um, oh. I, was, I was still eight months pregnant. And I guess it was the first time in my life that I made a decision about my career that didn't involve money. I wasn't concerned about how much money I was going to make from this business. It actually started as a passion project. And my husband, you know, was really on board with this. He was very supportive. And we both felt that it was a way for me to, I guess, keep my finger in the pie, keep me stimulated, have an outlet outside yeah. of being a mum, yeah. because the career was still important for me, but not important enough to sacrifice all the time away from my baby. So I opened my first store a month before Dean, my eldest son, was born, and he's 24 years old now. So this is a long time ago. It is and a little then, bit of time passed. Yeah. So I opened my second store when my younger son, James, was born, and he's 21 now. So in three years, I had two children and I gave birth to two uh, stores. And I guess a whole lot of headaches because I never banked on, you know, the uh, the running costs. And I'm not just talking about the expenses, just the running costs and the turmoil of having your own business and being a young mum as well. So I absolutely have no regrets about that decision. It did open up a whole world of um, opportunity for me in other ways because it actually made me think outside the square. And mm. that was the first time that I had ever done that in my mm. career. I mean, prior to this, I was just that, you know, supposedly uh, corporate career woman supposed to work nine to five, but working, you know, probably eight till seven every day and traveling and doing all the hard yards for my boss. I just thought, imagine if I could just do three quarters of that for myself, where would I be? What would my life look like? And, and how could I show up for my children? And that's how my uh, willingness to pivot and change really started. Yeah, I think a lot of people, well, number one, a lot of young mums starting out with children would absolutely think, oh, no, I've just got to focus on this one job at the moment. But I know that you're really good at just, you know, just getting up and doing it. You are a doer, much like myself. You sort of think about the consequences perhaps afterwards, but you're not afraid to just jump in boots and all and give it a go. Um, did you call the first shop Dean and the second shop James? 
<laughs> no, <laughs> but that would have been a good idea. <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, it's a, uh, look, I have to say it was a wonderful time for me. I had the flexibility to come and go from the stores. I forsake the income because I actually employed um, a store manager um, who ran the show for me. I had staff. I was really only in there to oversee and really mm. manage the business uh, from a high level. And I did that because I didn't want to get bogged down in the detail because mm. in the detail, I really wanted to be involved with my children. Although that meant that I was earning less, it gave me a sense of accomplishment and it gave me a lifestyle that I really needed um, and I was really craving at the time. I think that that sense of accomplishment, because as you were speaking, that's what came to mind, that you're not just focused on children and you're not just at home going through the motions of children sleeping, feeding, which is, by the way, a wonderful time in, in life. You know, I'm not putting that putting that aside or playing that down at all because it is a wonderful time. But it's often great to have that outlet as well, something that you're focusing on when you're not totally absorbed in the children. Was that the way you felt about it? Yeah, I, look, you know, it, it was an era where women really did stay home. I mean, you, you're thinking about 25 years ago, most mm. of my friends were taking a year of maternity leave and then maybe going back for one or two days a week. A lot of my network, the women were full-time at home uh, yeah. being mums. And, you know, I, I always said there's nothing wrong with that, but it wasn't right for me. And I've often said, and I know this can be a little controversial, it wasn't enough for me. And mm. I don't um, I don't feel that that's selfish. I just felt that I needed more than what um, being at home full-time with kids could give me, and it wasn't about the money. Um, it made me a better mum. It made me a better woman. And I ended up, I guess, working 12 years in that business uh, and, you know, was able to do a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of things that most women couldn't because mm. I did the finances, I was independent, um, and I also was able to be there for the kids. Um, mm. And I am very happily married. <laughs> I yeah. want to say that, um, you know, financial independence is a very important trait for me because, uh, you know, I've, I was raised by uh, my grandmother who had uh, lived an era where women uh, were stripped of any type of independence mm. and always really made sure that I understood the, the the power that came with being able to make decisions for yourself. So, um, yeah, along with my husband, who we've been together for 30, almost 35 years now, I mean, he's always been very supportive of my decisions. Um, and, you know, the decision, my decisions are made uh, because of what I've needed at that time. Mm. So, at the time of having kids, I really needed to make sure that I still had my own independence, that I still had um, something to go to every day, even if I wasn't physically there, but just something that was outside of the family that was I could call my own. We always make things look so easy. Is there any part of your business life that you found really difficult and how did you deal with that? I don't think there's anything easy about change change comes with repercussions um yeah. there's a lot of uh a fear associated with change as well and i learned that fear and excitement live in the same part of the brain did you know that karen no 
Yes, they do. So, Ooh. you know, when, think about when you, you're facing um, you're, you're, you're facing a decision and you're really excited about it, but then that little voice in your head starts to go, but maybe it won't work out. It's actually, it's actually based on science. So it is, it is true that fear and excitement live in the same part of the brain. So the longer you think about it, the less likely you are to do it. So I am a very spontaneous person. I'm also a very curious person. And I do tend to make decisions um, faster than the average person. And as you said earlier, I probably think about the repercussions of it later. But <laughs> I, I feel that if you make decisions with really your purpose, and passions in mind, and you lead with what's important to you, then it doesn't matter how it works out. It can never be wrong. Mm. I think what you just said, it can never be wrong. It can be just a learning curve of how to how to do it differently next time. It can, it, there's so many things in what you've just said. I look at, you know, you're curious, you're spontaneous. I love that you have highlighted to me that fear and excitement live in the same part of the brain. And I really relate to what you're saying because often for myself, I come up with an idea like doing this podcast and I, I go, oh, yeah, I'll, I'm going to do that. And then down the track, I figure it out, which I want to come to that whole thing of procrastination and you were sort of leaning, you were leading towards that. A lot of people procrastinate. They think about things far too long. So they live in that fear moment. What's your thoughts on procrastination? Well, I mean, it holds a lot of people back, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, procrastination is really um, your, your own way of delaying the inevitable, right? So, for me, um, you know, when I see people procrastinating and, and I've moved on from my previous um, fashion business, I now work in um, more coaching, more of a coaching business where I'm working with people on a day-to-day -day basis, helping them to, um, you know, ach achieve their goals for their business. So what I, what I see is that when people start to procrastinate, you know, they're, they're never going to be able to make a decision. Procrastination is the easiest way to sabotage your future. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, you're really delaying a decision that could change the rest of your life. Often, you know, I say to people, well, you know, you can go to the old-fashioned way of uh, doing a pros and cons list and then you can really understand whether or not you should move forward. But, you know, if if something feels good, I've all, I'm a very intuitive person. Mm -hmm. So if something feels good and it aligns with, um, it aligns with uh, the way you want to live your life, the values that you um, that you live by, um, it aligns with what uh, is going on in your family life. You know, you don't want to make a decision that enhances one mm. part of your life, but then takes away from another part of your life. And that's where mm. a lot of women especially tend to go wrong because they're making decisions about their careers that advance them in that area. But then there's so much guilt attached to that decision of, of what's happening in the home. I shouldn't say just for women because it happens to a lot of men as well. For me, I really feel that procrastination is, it's just a way to delay the inevitable. And it's also a way to, that stops people from uh, moving forward and really making the best decisions for themselves. And reaching their potential. I actually think that procrastination is harder than just getting up and doing it. 
because it's like that whole replaying it over and over in your mind and going through the same sort of questioning of yourself. Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? Why should I do it? Why shouldn't I do it? And I, it does my head in in the end, so I guess that's why I don't procrastinate too much. <laughs> and, Karen, you know, most of the time decisions are pretty easy, right? I think as humans we tend to overcomplicate things. Mm. Most decisions are black and white. Will it enhance my life? Will it give me more opportunity? Will it make me a better person? Instead, we focus on the money side of decisions, especially around careers, mm. and then that starts to, um, I guess, bring in fear of will I be good enough? Will I be able to do this? Will I fail? I mean, most people delay making decisions because of fear of failure. That, yeah. is, the, that is the biggest um, part of what holds people back. So most mm -hmm. procrastination is around failure. What if you made a decision and didn't even uh, bring the failure part into that process? Mm -hmm. What if it was just about how it's going to enhance your life? Because mm -hmm. if you just focus on that, then there's, there's no way that you will fail. Mm, yeah. Um, you make so much sense when you speak about this subject that we're on today. After your boutiques, you sold your boutiques. We met then. You've pivoted what you're doing several times, always a choice that you've made for yourself, for your family, based on how you're feeling and what you wish to achieve in life. So can you share with us these pivots, some of these pivots? Yeah, well, I mean, 12 years in my retail business um, was a long time and a, a large part of my life. And the reason that I moved on from that and I um, sold my stores was because I really felt that it was no longer bringing value to my life. Um, I felt that I had optimised that opportunity as much as I could the world was changing, the business world was changing, the way people were shopping was very much in transition from in-store to online. And I felt that it was time for me to try something new. So moving to a new chapter in my career, I don't take that lightly because my reputation, especially in business, is really important to me. So each time that I have moved in my career, it has been to enhance my life so that I could be uh, more present at home or be um, or add more value to other people's lives in my decision. So I, um, I did sell my business and I moved into uh, the direct selling industry where I've really made a home for myself. I absolutely love the way that this industry moves and mm -hmm. grows and evolves, especially over the last 10 years. It is a learning curve. If you focus on the growth, if you focus on who you can become through that change, then that is going to be the biggest reward that you will ever achieve. Obviously, we all want to make more money. I mean, that's why we are in business. But if you just focus on the money, then these decisions can become very difficult because if the money doesn't live up to that expectation, then that's yep. where people start to feel that they failed. Mm. It makes it a little bit toxic when you start focusing on just the money aspect of, of what you're doing and there's no passion and purpose that it doesn't meet your own morals and your own values. Am I correct in that's how you feel? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for me, I live to my highest values of um, loyalty, humility, family. So every decision I make must include an enhancement to each of those values. So I would say that I'm an extremely loyal person. I mean, I've my, I've been with my husband for 35 years. Every job or career I've path I've had has been for around 10 years. So I I give everything 100% in terms of commitment. So moving into the direct selling industry, I had to learn a whole new set of skills, but that was really exciting because Mm. it's through the learning that you grow and and through the learning that you become, I guess, more knowledgeable. You become uh, the person that you want to be and how you show up in this world is so important. You work with both men and women. But women entering their 50s, what do you think it's important for them to know to make the most out of their life? That's a very personal question. But for the majority of women moving into their 50s, there's a lot of life changes going on. For Mm. a lot of women, they're dealing with, you know, menopause. They're dealing with sometimes identity crisis. Uh, They're dealing with um, maybe relationship changes because that some of these changes really start to become more prominent Mm. so for women in their 50s you know I always um think it your decisions need to be made about your quality of lifestyle your quality of health your quality of your relationships Mm -hmm. because if we focus on those areas of our life um it's going to enhance every part of your life well can I I want to share something about me and meeting you I was probably in my 50s at the time and we started doing some direct selling together and it actually took me on another journey. And I know I I split away from that direction and I took another path and I actually wrote a book, which I bring it back to the actual meeting of you and going on that one path. Actually, then I pivoted and went on another path. And it's taken me to where I am today. So I have to say thank you because it was you who took me on this journey and you unknowingly took me on this journey, which I think is quite funny because we keep coming back and catching up. And, I mean, it was the strength of our initial, the initial way we met and the initial work we did in fashion, which was for a short period of time and eventually direct selling. And, and wow, I look back at my life and that, 10, 15 years, and it's been truly the biggest changes I've ever made in my life and probably the most positive ones. Yeah, well, Karen, I I think for a lot of women, um, we get to, and I'm 53 um, this year, I turned 53, so you get to your 50s and there's, there's two types of women. They look at their life and go, okay, well, this is it. I've got to 50. I'm not going to change much now right? I'm, I'm 50. My I've probably got adult kids or um, I've, I've had a career that I've been in for 20 or more years. Not much is going to change. And then there's women that go, right, 50 is um, my time. It's time for me to get mm. um, back in, in tune with who I want to be, back in tune with my body, back in tune with my mind. Um, these are the women that really thrive Um, moving into their 50s and beyond because they are actually drawing that line in the sand and saying, I can 
be more. I do deserve more. And mm. I can change to achieve the things I want to achieve. I mean, mm. there's a whole lot of living to do in your 50s, 60s and beyond. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, for me, my 50s are fast becoming my, my favourite decade, Karen. You know, mm. it's, it's been a, a decade where I have, um, again, um, I've moved companies, um, I've made some changes, um, I'm working, uh, I've introduced some more online systems, um, I'm travelling more, especially since COVID. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of women have have really drawn that line in the sand and a lot of people since um, COVID and the lockdowns because we were really um, stripped of a lot of the freedoms that we took for granted. Now, you think about a woman in particular gets to her 50s and for most women who are now now have adult children, they don't have that responsibility anymore mm. of having to be there all the time. And for the first time in a long time, they're able to make themselves a priority. I agree with you entirely. I loved my 50s. I'm really enjoying my 60s as well. But they are times when you can spend time learning. And, you know, we're also thrown into new times. For many of us, I'm 13 years older than you. But as far as I didn't grow up with computers and there's so many new um, opportunities within technology that we can do these things. We can learn online. We, we don't have to go back to university. There's so many opportunities and um, searching for those opportunities is really fun as well and finding the ones for you. I want to talk about mentors because you mentor a lot of people. How important do you feel having a mentor uh, is moving forward with your life if you're especially if you're wanting to take up a business opportunity well a mentorship is just another form of relationship and for me relationships are very important um, healthy relationships I should say are very important a mentor takes on a role where um, they're really taking a, a a deep dive into helping you become the person you want to be. It's not necessarily about helping you to have a successful business because you can have a successful business but still not have a successful mm. life. We all mm. know, um, and I say this respectfully, we all know those very wealthy, mes miserable people that will never have a great quality of life. Mm. So for me, a mentor is important um, when they can come from a holistic um a holistic area where they're not just focused on what's on the table in terms of the business and money because mm. having a balance in life across all areas of your life is what will give you the success that you really need because mm. you can be someone who is earning a lot of money with a very successful business but having a lot of um, problematic relationships mm. uh, or a lot of issues um, around your health and lifestyle choices. Because mm. everything comes at a cost, Karen. So mentors are a great way to bring that balance to your life. For me, the best mentors I've had are the ones that were able to, um, I guess, work across all areas of my life. And when I work with, and I do work with a lot of women, it's not just about, well, how much money is landing in your bank account at the end of the week, at the end of the month. Yeah. For me, it's about, well, where do you see yourself? Who mm. do you want to see when you look in the mirror? What does mm -hmm. health mean to you? What does mm -hmm. lifestyle mean to you? 
Mm. You know, how do you want to show up in the world? The, yeah. These are the questions I ask. I mean, of course, when I'm coaching women on business, you know, there's obviously a bottom line that they want to meet. But if we can address all these other non-scale victories first, everything else will fall into place because when you're working at optimum level in terms of your health and lifestyle and relationships, you will achieve optimum results. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, things go hand in hand, don't they? They really Absolutely. Work, work well together. I'm going to ask you a question that I, I've just been thinking about and I've asked a few of my guests lately. Define success for Angela. Okay, well, success for me, it's really about how do I show up in the world? How do I feel when I wake up in the morning? You know, what is my stress level? You know, that is what success is for me. Do I have a a healthy balance between career, family, and lifestyle? And that was the big one. I mean, for me, when I moved from the corporate world to becoming my own boss, I wrote those words down. I need balance between career, family, and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. When I sold my business and moved into the direct selling industry, I revisited that statement. Because my then uh, retail business, my stores were no longer serving their purpose. Mm. They were no longer giving me that balance that I needed between career, family, and lifestyle. So success for me is exactly those three keys. Mm. If I can have a balance between career, family, and lifestyle, I know that I will be living my healthiest life. And if you can live your healthiest life, that is the ultimate level of success that you can ever achieve in the last couple of years you've made some difficult decisions to change from one business to another business why did you actually choose to do that what was what was behind your you making this choice again after many many years I think to evolve and to grow we need change I mean, change is an important part of life. So for me, um, when I was faced uh, with those days where I would get up in the morning and no longer feel connected to what I was doing, that is the exact moment that I started to feel that it was time for me to change. Mm. It was time for me to introduce a new aspect to my day-to-day because Mm. your job and your business is really part of your day-to-day. And we spend a lot of time um, in that job, in that business. So if you're not waking up feeling completely um, engaged and passionate about what you're doing, then that is the time for you to start looking elsewhere. And to be honest, Karen, um, I haven't actually ever gone looking for an opportunity. And it's been really interesting for me because as each part of my career went into a mode of no longer serving its purpose. So remember, career, family, lifestyle, right? Balance. So each time where I, when my business started to feel like it was no longer serving that purpose, it's incredible the way a new opportunity shows up. Because Mm. if you are open to change, then opportunities show up when you, when you need them. Yeah. I really believe that. So I didn't actually go at none of my changes, none of my career changes. Actually, I didn't go out looking for them. They came to me because 
I was open to the idea of um, making some changes to the way I was running my business or the work that I was doing. I started to feel that it was no longer serving its purpose and I needed um, to pivot. I needed to bring something new to the table. Who has influenced you the most in your life? I have to say my grandmother. Um, I was, um, my mother passed away when I was very young. I was only two and I was the middle child of five children. So we were raised in a very loving family. Um, my father, who was incredible, um, but also my mother's parents. My grandmother, um, she was, she lived in an era where women really had no identity. They mm. had, their only role in life was to be the, you know, the, the mother and and uh, look after the household and and cook and clean and and I remember my grandmother constantly sharing with me her dreams and goals um, for me and what I could become in this world mm. and also um, my grandmother being a, a mother who had lost her daughter at the age very young age of thirty three so my mother was only thirty three years old when she passed away mm. and my grandmother lived in such regret that my mother could never fulfill her dreams, could never fulfill her purpose in this life. Mm. So I was raised, um, you know, with that, uh, I guess, with that mindset of go out, explore, be curious. There is so much to live in this world. And my grandmother would often say to me, go and live the life that your mother couldn't and go and live the life that generations of women before you weren't allowed to live. Mm. It's a very sad history of women. Um, I mean, I have an Italian heritage. Um, Italian women through the ages have had different roles. Of course, today in 2022, it's a completely different story. Women are mm. independent. They're ambitious. They're allowed to have careers. But the era that my grandmother uh, lived and was raised in, you know, she could have none of that. She didn't even have $1 to her name. Um, yeah. She, yeah, and you know, it it her influence uh, really made me um, become the woman that I am today. To really go out and and uh, understand that there are opportunities everywhere. There are opportunities to grow. There are opportunities to learn, and there are opportunities to become more than who you are today. Even if you are in your fifties or sixties, and even in your seventies, and that's why change is so important. And embracing change is so important because imagine if from uh, my grandmother's era, women never changed. Where would we be now? Oh, absolutely. Um, your grandmother was very wise and what a wonderful upbringing and opportunity. She, she really shared some wonderful insights and dreams for you. Um, do you have a favourite quote? Karen, I do. And if you've ever received an email from me, you would see it because it's my tagline. And it is be who you need to be, not who others need to see. And I feel I, I saw that um, a few years ago and it really resonated with me. And I don't even know who um, who the quote is from. But I saw it and it just spoke to me because especially in this day and age of um, intense social media, there are so many women, especially, who are showing up in ways that really don't show who they are. Mm. They're showing up in ways of 
who they expect, who people expect them to be. And there mm. can be no happiness in that, Karen. Mm. You think about being a, a mum, a wife, a sister, a daughter. A as women, we wear many hats. People yes. see us in many different ways, but it's important to stay true to yourself. And that's why being who you need to be for yourself, because that is the only way that you will, you will achieve your greatest happiness by staying true to your values and, be, and really showcasing to others who you are. And that's important because who others need to see is not who you really are. Angela, today has been really fantastic talking to you. First of all, how can people find out more about you? Well, firstly, Karen, I just want to say a big thank you for inviting me to the call. Um, I absolutely love this, and it's a topic that's very dear to my heart. So if anyone wants to connect, um, they can find me on the social pages on Facebook and Instagram, Angela Lucenti, um, and send me a DM. I'm always um, looking to, you know, find new people that I can connect with and maybe collaborate, um, and you never know where your next uh, change can come from. Three takeaways. What three things do you want to share that people can work on or embrace right here today? I think the first one would be that everyone's idea of success is different. And success for me, what success means for me uh, may not necessarily be what it means for you. And that's okay because it really is Everyone is really on a personal journey and um, success can only be measured by the person that's on that journey and by no one else. Mm -hmm. The second thing is that balance is really the key to um, happiness. And if you need to change to create that balance in your life, then that is the best step forward that you can take. And the third thing would be that stay open to opportunities. Never feel that you have achieved the height of your career or your relationship or any part of your life, in fact. Everything has an ability to be enhanced. And by changing sometimes small things, we can find that enhancement. Well, Angela, I'm really grateful for having met you all those years ago. And sometimes we stay in touch from afar. Sometimes we get the opportunity to have a chat and our paths keep crossing. But I wish you all the best and thank you for the time here today. I mean, I think it's always wonderful for people to hear other people's experiences. And that's what I try to do here on Aging Fearlessly and give people the ability to learn and, and perhaps make new choices. So thank you. Well, thank you, Karen. I've absolutely loved being on the, um, on the call and I hope that even just one person can learn something from this call today and uh, take that uh, opportunity to add some value to their life by embracing change. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, aging is inevitable 
Growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside. There's a sparkle in your eye. It's not all nine to five. It's a wonderful life. Let's go and climb mountains high. Swim across oceans wide. Let your heart be alive.